0: Welcome to the Voice of Experience with Danny Rains podcast, where Danny goes deeper in depth on a topic he covered in his Voice of Experience column in Incident Prevention Magazine. In this episode, you'll hear Danny's grandchild come into the room and make a bit of noise while Danny is recording his podcast. Now, normally I'd stop the recording, we'd have Danny re-record that segment. But as it happened, I couldn't think of a more fitting way to drive home the importance of this topic about male breast cancer. You see... Danny gets to spend quality time with that grandchild of his because he was lucky enough to discover a lump in his breast in time to get the treatment he needed to get rid of that cancer before it spread. Let's join in with Danny now as he tells his cancer survival story and why it's important for you to be aware of the dangers that breast cancer poses for men. As we
1: did last time, we will talk about the uh, article, the last article was in the last edition of IP Magazine. And this one's pretty, it's pretty significant to me uh, and very, very reminiscent because we're coming up on an anniversary here next, well, Sunday or Monday, choose you one because it was actually occurred on uh, leak day, February 29th, which only comes around about every four years. But four or five years ago, I underwent a surgery and uh, had a had a traumatic event happen. Um, and what I want to do is recount some of the things that happened that led up to the surgery. And uh, I think as I started off in the in the article in IP Magazine about my battle with cancer, and it was my cancer story. Uh, the family and I were actually on a late summer vacation uh, down, on, down somewhere in Florida, and
0: uh, I had
1: uh, gone back to the room and was uh, working there a little bit. I don't never quit working hardly. And uh, the housekeeping came in and damp mopped a big old, pretty nice marble tile floor, just slick as, as glass. Well, I got up to walk across the room and slipped down and fell backwards and hit a door frame on the way down and then hit my head on the con- on the tile and I actually had a, a slight concussion. So, well, they took me to the hospital and did a CT scan. They did all that. And then, of course, I'm hard headed. If I fell on my foot, I'd have really hurt myself, I guess. But I fell and hit my head <laughs> and uh, I was all right. I was just had a headache there for a day or two, and we survived that. Well, a few weeks later, back home, I actually found something that was that was uh, not supposed to be there. And I thought it was related to the fall. I said, well, it's probably a bruise or something. And, uh, it, it, you know, it didn't go away. So I went to my doctor for a checkup, and he said, oh, it's just a fatty tissue. He said, don't worry about it. And so he said, and I said, okay. Well, two or three weeks later, it had not gone down, had not changed a bit, still felt the same. And I told Vicky, my wife, I said, check this out right here. And she started to do an examination of me. She said, you need to go to the doctor. And I said, well, I've already been once. And she said, well, you need to go back. I went back to the family doctor and I told him what had happened. I said, this thing ain't changed a bit. You need to take a closer look at it. Well, it didn't take him but about thirty seconds. He said, "You need to go across the street where the hospital's at and go to, uh, go to the to the women's center." That that, that went over really good with me, uh, and have a mammogram. And I'm going, "Oh, come on! You got to be kidding!" And so uh, I had never personally ever heard of a man having breast cancer before until now, or then, you know. And since then, I've I've actually i've been acquainted with several and it's it's more than you think because people don't talk about it very much but i know for the first two or three years after my surgery everywhere i went i told men everywhere you better check yourself or get somebody to check if you if there's ever a doubt you know you need to get it looked at and uh well long story short i went over to the women's center here i go bouncing in big old six foot 245 pound gorilla and all the ladies look around at me look really weird and (laughs) I go in and they're expecting me and I said okay I can just do this so and so I went in and had the mammogram well when the mammogram was done they looked at the picture and they said well you need to go upstairs and do a sonogram well I knew where this was headed I just you know you just have this gut feeling that this ain't right and so I went upstairs and uh, did a sonogram. And as soon as I finished, you know, I'm sitting there watching the TV camera on a sonogram. And I'm looking at this black spot. And it looks like got tree root's growing out of it. And these these were the, where it was uh, metastasizing out of the the nucleus of the cell. And, and the cancer was, you know, in a tube right behind my breast. It's tubular carcinoma was the name of it. And if, you, if a man is going to have breast cancer, that's usually where it's at. It's right behind the nipple of the breast. And I thought to myself, this cannot be happening to me. Uh, and yeah, it was. <laughs> so they immediately sent, then said, well, we need to do a biopsy. And it's, now that's getting on in toward Christmas now. So, <laughs> so they sent me to do a biopsy. And of course, when you do a biopsy, Uh, It takes a little while to get the results back. And in the meantime, they did a genetics test. And just I had to go to another hospital for that just to see history, uh, family history, if anybody ever had this. And sometime after the first of the year is about January the 5th or 6th. And I was I was in upstate New York doing a job uh, for a utility company up there. And I got a call from my family doctor. He said, well, you need to come in and see me. And I said, well, it's going to be a few days before I can get there because I'm in New York. He said, okay, no rush. I said, really? Well, I finally went to him and he referred me to a breast surgeon uh, at Piedmont Henry, up uh, the next little town up the road from where we're at. And Piedmont is one of the big hospital chains around Atlanta. And I went in to see uh, uh, Scott Timbert. And he looked at all my information, looked at my genetics test. And he says, OK, he said, you have stage two breast cancer. I said, hmm, kind of figured that. He said, Wendy, when would you like to get this taken care of? And I said, well, what are you going to do? He said, well, we got to do a mastectomy. And I, and I said, well, yesterday, I said, I don't want this thing growing inside me anymore. And he said, don't worry about it. He said, been there four or five years. I said, really? And, and I'm just now finding it. He said it's just big enough for you to find and i mean if you really physically touched it it was about the size of a i don't know a, a black-eyed pea just a little knot well he told me that uh it had been there that long and you know we we wouldn't be able to get it off now this was in january and he set the surgery date up for february the 29th on leap day and, and of course i wouldn't worth a toot for nothing, you know, for the whole time I was waiting to get this surgery. I was uh, very sleepless nights and very concerned, praying a lot, saying, God, what are you doing to me? Why are you doing this to me? And uh, February 29th, we finally rolled around and we were at the hospital that morning about uh, six o'clock and about 630, 45, they took me back and prepped me for surgery. And and uh, we wound up uh, going into surgery about seven o'clock, and I woke up in recovery about ten o'clock, ten or ten thirty. And when I woke up, uh, you know, I, I I was expecting to be in terrible pain. Uh, I wasn't. You know, it's really strange. <laughs> I had two dry, two drain tubes, two hemavacs where they was kind of pulling the fluids out. And basically all he did was he just lifted the skin up and cut the tissue out all the way to my breast, chest bone, rib cage, and then put the tissue back down and glued it right back down. Uh, so no nerve endings were affected. You know, it was just the strangest thing. I mean, you just expect a horrible outcome. And it turned out to be nothing. Well, he told me once I woke up in recovery and got back to the room, oh, and I went home the next day. I didn't spend but one night in the hospital. Yeah. And he says the margins were good. Well, I didn't understand what a margin was at that time. And the margin is the length of the mastestomy, mestest- mest- yeah. where it goes, metastasizes away from the tumor itself. And he said it. He said, we took two lymph nodes and they were, they were clean. They were not, they were not cancerous. He said, had it got into the lymph node, the lymphatic system, he said, you'd have, you'd have had boo of problems. I mean, all kinds of problems. So the fact that I didn't wait any longer than I had to, and I found it and actually went in there and got it taken care of is probably what saved my life. He said, he told me, he said, this could be a life ending event for you. And I said, wow, thank you. (laughs) And of course, at the end of the day, uh, we wound up on a treatment plan. Uh, I didn't have to take any radiation. I didn't have to have to take any chemo from it at all. And they put me on a cancer drug called tamoxifen. And I took that a pill, one pill every day for the last five years. Matter of fact, I think Sunday the 28th will probably be my last pill. Uh, that'll be five years to the date that uh, they, you know, had the surgery and removed it. I have since been an advocate of male breast cancer. Uh, it's really cool. You go into the, the oncologist, you go into the cancer doctor, and all things on the walls, women, I mean, with breast cancer. The statistics say that one out of seven women, I think, no, one or two out of seven every seven women will have probably have breast cancer of some kind in their lifetime and one tenth of 1% okay of men run the risk of cancer the reason i had to take the cancer drug is because my genetics test i wound up being positive on one of the one of the uh, uh, the tests that they do and they said well, we don't want it to come back in the right side because he was going to take both of them off at one time. I'm going, my goodness, nothing wrong with the other one. I mean, come on. (laughs) But uh, the tamoxifen has worked fine. Uh, Other than, you know, if you ever, if you ever talk to anybody that's on tamoxifen, it's like a woman going through, you know, the change of life. Uh, I have a uh, a heat, a hot flash and a night sweat every night of my life for the last five years. And I'll wake up and throw the covers off. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> it really is. But the thing that really impressed me the most about all this at the end of the Lord, good Lord let me live through all this to be a testimony for men to check themselves and be checked. And just think because you're just a big old scrappin' man, don't mean that you're you're not you don't run the risk of breast cancer and the likelihood of getting it. Like I said, one tenth of 1% of all men will get it. I go, I've been going with, well, I still will after this too. I have to have a, a mammogram on the right side every year, a year and a day, a year and a day after the previous year. And uh, the young ladies that runs the machines in there, you know, they, one of, well, they knew me, you know, I've been going to the same place now for five years. There's two ladies in there that do it. And he, she said, well, you're back. Well, the first time I went in there, I asked her, I said, how many men do you do a mammogram on? And she said, I could count them on one hand, you know, for every year, but he, she said, a lot of times it's not for breast cancer, it's for some other reason. It's some other, you know, some other issue that they have, medical issue that they have, but they wind up having to have a a mammogram. And she, and I said, well, how many men breast cancer? She said, been doing this for 20 years and I only know of two. (laughs) I said, well, boy, I got the short straw on that one then. Good Lord. But anyway, at the end of the day, uh, I'm okay. I am cancer free. And by the way, this is the second round of cancer I had. I had another cancer back in 2012. And I've been cancer-free from it now for nine years. And I've been cancer-free from breast cancer now for five years. So uh, I think I'm a very blessed person. And I thank the good Lord every day of my life when I get up saying thank you much for letting me live through this again. And hopefully I don't have to fight this battle anymore. But if any information that I can give someone... And by the way, when I do a training class, you know, for the first three or four years, you know, I, I, I gave my testimony and I've had three different people, men come up to me. Now, I don't know what the outcome was because I never did talk to them again. But three different men came up to me after the session and said, I got this lump. I said, you need to go to the doctor. I don't know what the outcome was. And I hope it wasn't nothing. You know, there's other things that will cause a lump in a breast. But in this case, it was in a tube. There's about eight tubes that goes up to the nipple of of a breast. And the difference between a man and a woman, that woman's got the same thing, but her breast cancer, a female's breast cancer, can be anywhere in the the mammary gland. Mine was in the tube. They called it a tubular carcinoma, stage two. And uh, had I not went when I did, it may have been a totally different outcome. So, guys ladies out there anybody that's listening uh if you have any questions contact me directly i'll be glad to to share any more information that i may have with you but uh if you find something don't hesitate the longer you linger the greater chance of it'll metastasize into the into the uh into the glands and get away from the tube itself and it gets in your gets and then it metastasizes, and when it goes in there, it goes all over your body, and that—that's what he did not want to happen. He was pretty excited when he told me that it had not, the margin was was inside those two uh, lymph nodes, and it was not uh, to the lymph node; it was inside from the from the where the cell was to the lymph node. And we're only talking, you know, millimeters, you know, just really, really small spacing. So it had just started growing outside to where it could really be a problem. But anyway, that's my story. That's my cancer story. And I hope it was, I hope it's good for someone out there. And I hope that if you have any questions or problems, feel free to call me, be glad to. And I think Curtis will have furnished the email information and my phone number. And I'll be glad to talk to anybody that wants to talk to you about breast cancer. So. God bless you, Uh, have a great day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us for this Voice of Experience podcast. If you'd like to learn more about male breast cancer and what you can do to detect it, visit the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Or if you'd like to reach out to Danny directly, we have included his contact info in this episode's description text. Additionally, If you'd like to listen to more of our podcasts, go to our website at incident-prevention.com slash podcasts, or search for Incident Prevention wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, stay safe.